Father, we thank you for your word to us. We pray this morning as we look at these words from 2 Thessalonians, that by your spirit you'll illuminate them to us. That you'll apply them to our lives. And that we will grow in our faith, love, and our persevering hope. All for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please keep that open. Uh, it'd be helpful as we work our way through uh, this passage. But we're at the start of a new year, and as we've already done, look back and look ahead. I wonder if you do that with your Christian life, whether, whether you look back over the year that has been uh, to see how you've grown or not grown uh, as a Christian. How has uh, God been at work in your life? What have you seen as you look around uh, of God's work for his uh, glory? How, uh, when you look back, do you see uh, the Lord at work in his church, uh, in the town, uh, and across uh, the world? We look back uh, and we can see how the Lord has been uh, at work. And then we look up, as we have done, and give thanks uh, to him. But then uh, we look ahead. Where do we need uh, God and his grace to be at work in our lives this next year, so that we will continue to grow as his people. And as we uh, begin over this next month now, looking at these prayers uh, of Paul, we begin with Paul giving thanks for the growth of the Christians in Thessalonica. Paul's prayer is actually uh, down in verse 11. Uh, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. And that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. But before we get to that, we need to know what he, he has in mind. Because he begins that verse with this in mind. So what is it that he, he has in mind? And so we jump back to verse 3 and the first thing that we see uh, is Paul's thankfulness. We are always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so. Because your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. We ought always to thank God uh, for you. It's not that Paul isn't doing that. It's not ought in that sense. Uh, it's ought in the sense of it is right and good that we always give thanks to God for you. Uh, and what is the reason? What is the reason for this deep obligation uh, to give thanks to God for them? It is the growing of their faith, the growing of their love. And in verse 4, uh, we see the growing of their perseverance. Their faith is growing more and more. Their faith has increased beyond measure. This is a church that faced persecution and trials. And in the midst of that, their faith and their trust in God is growing. Paul gives thanks for their love. The love that they have for one another as Christian brothers and sisters. That is increasing, it's growing, it's gaining strength, just like a healthy plant does as it grows. You remember those words of Jesus in John's Gospel, at chapter 13, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The love that they have for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ is growing. And then in verse 4, Paul thanks God 
that they are persevering for their persevering hope in the midst of persecutions and trials. They are enduring. They're keeping going. They, they are keeping running at the Christian race. And Paul is thankful to God for that. He's thankful for their faith, their love, and their persevering hope. And he's encouraging them. In the midst of all this suffering, in the midst of all these trials and persecutions, you can be sure that you are God's people because your faith, your love, and your persevering hope is growing and enduring. It's like the hallmarks you get on a piece of gold or uh, silver. You get those hallmarks on it to prove that it is a genuine piece of gold or a genuine piece of silver. Uh, and that is uh, true for the Christian. Faith, love, and persevering hope are the hallmarks of, of the genuine Christian. And, and Paul is thankful that he sees that in these Thessalonians. He sees the genuineness uh, of uh, their Christian lives. And he is thankful uh, to God for it. As Christians, as uh, true believers, as genuine uh, Christians, our faith in God, our trust in Him uh, should be growing. Our love uh, for other believers, our love for our Christian brothers and sisters uh, should be growing. Our perseverance as God's people, even in the midst of such difficult circumstances, should be growing. Growth is a normal part of the Christian life. We might not see it on a daily basis. And that's why at the beginning of a year, it's always good to look back. If you ever grow plants, you don't necessarily see the growth of the plant each day. But as you look over the week and the following week, you see how that has grown. And that is true for the Christian life. You might not see it each and every day. But as you look back over the weeks and the months and the years, you should be able to see that Christian growth of faith, love, and hope. And as we see that in the lives of our Christian brothers and sisters, we should do what Paul did. And in our prayers, give thanks to God that we're growing. That our brothers and sisters are growing in that faith, that hope, and that love. I wonder how that uh, fits in with our prayers. How does that fit in with our prayers uh, right now? We often give thanks uh, to God for lots of things, don't we? For a, a new job, maybe, or a restored relationship, or for our child getting into the school um, that we wanted them to get into. But I wonder how often we are praying for each other and thanking God uh, for the growth of faith, love, and persevering hope. How often do we thank God? But also, how often do we uh, ask God for that growth? For our own uh, faith, love, and hope to grow. For our brothers and sisters, faith, hope, and love to grow. Why not make a list uh, of everyone here? Uh, and each day, pick a name and pray for that person. Give thanks to God uh, for them, for their growth uh, as Christians and that they will continue to grow. And so the first thing that Paul does is give thanks to God uh, for the growth of the Thessalonian Christians. 
The second thing that we see is Paul's certainty of God's judgment. We see that in verse 5 uh, through to 10. Paul gives thanks for the growth, which shows that they are genuine uh, believers. Verse 5, all this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. Paul is sure, he is certain that they are a part of God's kingdom. He's sure of that and he's certain of that because he sees their faith, their love and their hope. And he sees that that is growing. They have all the hallmarks uh, of a true believer uh, and therefore they will be part of God's kingdom. They were being uh, battered in one sense uh, by people saying that Jesus had already come and they'd missed out on his return. But Paul wants to assure them here and he continues to do that throughout the letter uh, that they haven't missed it. Jesus hasn't come back yet. Uh, but when he does, you will be counted among his people because the hallmarks of the believer uh, are there. That faith, that love, uh, that perse perseverance, they're all evidence of the new life they have in Christ. If you ever doubt you're a Christian, uh, then have a look at your faith, your love uh, for one another. Uh, and your endurance, is it there? Is your faith growing? Uh, if you have all those things, uh, love for one another, uh, then be assured uh, that you are part of God's people uh, and you will not miss out on his kingdom. The church were, were enduring great opposition, uh, but God is just verse 6, God is just, he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. The church then was facing severe opposition uh, and the church has continued to face persecution and opposition uh, from then right up until uh, today. I was on the Open Doors website the other day and you can read uh, a whole some of them are really quite horrific uh, of the persecution uh, that our brothers and sisters across the world go through. Death, being kicked out of their homes, out of their own countries. Uh, I read a story, this is not the most uh, severe, but it struck me in a way that, well, it was a boy who is six years old uh, who lives in Indonesia. And each and every day, um, he is mocked and insulted by the other children. Uh, now, to us, that might not be a, a big deal. But for a six-year-old who has become a Christian uh, in a place where that is not acceptable, they uh, say things like, let's stay away from the Christian. Bye-bye, Christian kid. Uh, and your heart breaks for that uh, little boy of six who faces that every day. What is the comfort? God is just. As we see in verse 6, God is just. He will deal with those who bring uh, persecution because any persecution against the church is ultimately against God. And he will deal with it uh, rightly and justly. God is just. When will that be? 
It will be when the Lord is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. And what will that look like? He will punish those, verse 8, who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among those who have believed. It's quite a stark picture, isn't it, of what will happen when God comes to bring justice. Those who do not know God, those who reject the good news, the gospel of Jesus, they will be rejected by God. They will be left out of his presence and they will face um, destruction and punishment. It's, a, it's a, an awful picture of what will happen to those who reject uh, the gospel, who reject uh, God. But when Christ comes, when that day comes, when God's justice comes, uh, those who have heard the gospel and responded rightly to it, uh, they will be brought in uh, to his kingdom. There will be relief from persecution and trials. This includes you because you believed our testimony too. Paul sees uh, the Christians in, in Thessalonica and he thanks God for their growth, for their faith, their love uh, and their perseverance, uh, which is evidence that they are God's people. They are uh, believers. And when Christ returns in justice, they will be freed from all persecution and trial. There will be relief from all that they have endured. And they will enjoy uh, having Jesus revealed in all his glory uh, among them. If Christ had already returned uh, then they, uh, and they missed it, uh, as some were, were teaching, uh, what would you do? You would walk away. You wouldn't care about faith or loving uh, others or, or persevering. Uh, why uh, have the hassle of it? Why endure it? Uh, you would give up. But Paul wants to encourage them uh, to keep enduring, to keep persevering, to keep going because Christ hasn't uh, returned yet. Keep going and keep growing. And so we get finally to Paul's prayer uh, in verse 11. With this in mind, to this end, having said all that he's done about uh, thanking God for their growth, for their endurance uh, during this suffering, uh, Paul says to them now in verse 11, we constantly pray for you. We constantly pray uh, for you. His time with them, discipling them, teaching them was limited, uh, but his time of prayer for them uh, was constant. He was always remembering them in prayer, whether with them or not. And what is he praying? He's praying uh, that by God's power and grace, they would make it to the finish line. They would make it uh, to the end uh, of this race and enjoy glory uh, forever. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. 
Paul's praying that they would continue to grow in faith, love, and persevere in hope. Uh, and that all, can only be done by God's power and grace. We become Christians by God's power and we continue to live that Christian life by God's power uh, alone. Paul is confident that they will be counted uh, as worthy when Christ returns, as we've already seen. Uh, but now he prays that it will be so, that God's power uh, would be with them, uh, which is needed for their continued growth as they endure and run this Christian race uh, right through uh, to the end. It reminds me of that verse in Philippians, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul prays for that power of God to be uh, with them uh, as they continue to grow uh, and endure. Verse 12, we pray this, why? So that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul prays this uh, so that Jesus is glorified glorified in us uh, and we glorified in him we need the power of the lord to keep us going and to keep us growing in faith love and hope we need to be uh, dependent upon him do we want to see growth do we want to see growth in our own lives do we want to see growth in our christian brothers and sisters do we want to see people come to faith and grow uh, in faith, in Christ? Do we want to see uh, our church ministries grow and flourish? Do we want to see people avoid that uh, terrible day of judgment? Well, let's have uh, the desire uh, to pray that God, by his power, uh, would cause that growth, would cause that growth within us, within our uh, church family, within our ministries, uh, within our town. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Let's be thankful to God for our growth in faith, in love, in persevering hope. Let's continue for that growth to be seen in us and in our Christian brothers and sisters. Let's pray that we will endure with persevering hope as we run the race to the finish line and let us pray that God uh, would make us worthy of his calling that by his power he may bring to fruition uh, our every uh, desire for goodness and our every deed prompted by faith we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ.